Live to tape. Welcome to Millennials Season 2, Episode 2. I'm Andrew. I'm Laura. I'm Matt. And joining us this week is a new guest host. But some of you, if you listen to maybe a Hypeable podcast or you're familiar with MuggleCast, uh, you may know this voice. Selena is here this week. Hi, Selena. Hi, everyone. Hello. I'm so glad to be here. Oh, we're so happy to have you. Yeah, and I've already had my first shock because the music was live at the beginning of the show. I didn't know that <laughs> as a listener of your show. <laughs> it's a very professional uh, podcast we run here. Yeah, we're, we're a live to tape show. Live to tape. Yeah. We try. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, Selena, tell us a little bit about yourself briefly so people know a little okay. about you. Sure. Well, um, I work with Andrew on Hypeable and I've been with the site for <laughs> too many years. And, um, I also do a, po- <laughs> I mean, just the right amount of time. I also do a couple of podcasts with Hypeable. I do Hype, our uh, general entertainment news podcast, and I've helped set up, uh, rewatchable and onceable and uh, like a bunch of shows that are done. And I've been on MuggleCast a couple of times. I'm a fan of a bunch of stuff. And I'm from Denmark. And I'm a woman. And I'm <laughs> sure you'll find out more about me as the show goes on. That ex- sounds exhausting being you. That's pretty much summing me up right there. Selena's very passionate about pop culture. And she's always mm-hmm. lovely on all the shows. So welcome. <laughs> Glad to have you here. So, uh, yeah, obviously you may have noticed no Elisa. Where is Elisa this week, Laura? Um, Who cares? She- well, <laughs> uh, you know, she is my potential life partner. Okay, so I care. Um, okay. She is currently on an eat, pray, love journey through the South Pacific. Oh. Um, and I think that she's decided she's going to stay and live among the toucans. That's so, beautiful. Selena, you might actually have a job. <laughs> oh, my God. Thank God. <laughs> I, I've actually heard Hawaii is a, it's a, is a rich man's Caribbean. Uh, my, my sister. I wouldn't, I wouldn't know. I've never been. My sister is friends with uh a a travel agent and she told me never go to hawaii because you can get the same experience in the caribbean for but for a lot cheaper so you know i just I went to malta true. which was Ooh, pretty really cool. yeah that's like the super poor man's hawaii <laughs> over here <laughs> where is that I mean, like how far is really that from nice. you it was like um just off the coast of of sicily mm-hmm. or like sicily is an island too but it's a little island and it's like by africa it's hmm. very nice. Oh, cool. Yeah, Hawaii is expensive, though. I think it's mainly because everything has to be transported, like imported from, from the mainland over. And it's, so. well, and it's also the name brands. Like, you're paying because Hawaii. It's Hawaii. Everybody well, wants now, to go to Hawaii. Now, now that we've shit all over Elisa's vacation, <laughs> um, Andrew, what's what's happening there, though? Oh, well, you mean in New York. Uh, yeah. So I'm supposed to be going to New York this saturday to see my husband uh bruce springsteen and i'm i'm looking at the the weather reports and now this this big snowstorm is supposed to be battering down on friday and saturday and i want to pour you i want to put my head through a wall because (laughs) it's like oh my god i mean you know flights getting delayed and all that shit but the good news is hotels in new york right now dirt cheap dirt cheap 
So yeah, no one wants to be there right now. Yeah, yeah, I yeah, I so the, probably the worst time of year to go to New York. Mm-hmm. And I was stupidly talked into going to these shows. So what am I going uh-huh. to do? Isn't it really going nice in the snow, yo? It looks nice. In the oh yeah, snow. I mean, beautiful uh, to look at. Mm, right. To be to be in is a completely different story. Right. Yeah. I enjoy Instagram photos of Central Park after the snow, but <laughs> I don't enjoy flying into the snowstorm. So, yeah. Well, I hope uh, Elise is having a great time where it's nice and warm. But um, to kick off the show today, we're going to talk about a couple of really, I hate to call it interesting, but an interesting news item about one of our beloved favorite actors. And then uh, Little Politics. And uh, we got some other fun stuff to do today, including a segment where we put Selena uh, in, in the, the hot spotlight. Seat. Yeah, that's, I'm that's so excited. Yeah. So this week we found out, we all woke to the news, uh, I guess it was last Thursday or sometime, that Alan Rickman, Professor Snape in the Harry Potter movies, Hans, this legendary actor, passed away at the age of 69. He died of cancer. He he kept his cancer a secret, just like David Bowie, by the way. Mm-hmm. Both 69, both died of cancer, both kept it a secret. Only a few days after Snape's birthday, by the way. I realized that, that yesterday. Snape's birthday is January 9th. So I thought that was kind of eerie. What is going yeah. on this year, though? Like, cancer is just taking no fucking prisoners. And now, I mean, even recently this week, Celine Dion's husband and her brother died within days of each other, both from cancer. 2016 mm-hmm. sucks. I'm going back to 2015. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we thought that was bad. And now, here yeah, we we're are. not even we're not even past the first month yet. Yeah. And then uh, a founding member of the Eagles also died this week. Exactly. And it's like, it's so shocking because these people, I mean, they're not young, but they're certainly not old and they're such hugely influential people. And I think it just like last year, I remember at the beginning of last year, I I think there were like a bunch of deaths as well. Like, I feel like I remember writing some of that up. But this year, because it's such such huge people, you know, it's sort of extra shocking. Yeah. Yeah. Like people say, though, yeah, that they weren't particularly old, but... Like both, I'll say both David Bowie and Alan Rickman were both 69 years old. And like people can live to easily a hundred nowadays. So consider like the age that the three of us are in right now. Like they could live our lifespan already and then still have, like still could be alive. So yeah, I mean, I think the point is that um, when you look at somebody who's like, you know, 65, 70 years old, they can be an old 65 or 70, or they can be a young 65 or 70, where you look at them and you don't believe that's how old they are. And that's kind of how David Bowie and Alan Rickman were. So I think Mm. that's a big part of what makes it so shocking. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. You don't see it coming. It is interesting to me that um, both of the Bowie and Rickman both hid that they had cancer and this is kind of morbid but it makes you wonder how many others are also hiding their cancer and i was also thinking well why do they do that why don't they reveal it i mean it's not really any of our business but i was thinking the only answer i could come up with was that they do it because they don't want to be defined by that because every news report about them after they well first of all the news would come out it'd be all over the news like crazy and then every report after that would talk, would mention at least how that person currently has cancer. Alan Rickman has a new film out 
Well, he currently mm-hmm. has cancer. Well, I think it's also it's not so much also celebrities though. There are a lot of people who that when they have these serious diseases, they don't even tell their families. Mm-hmm. Because they don't want to f- seem weak, you know, and it's a psychological thing as well. I think that the minute you sort of state it to the world, it becomes who you are. But as long as you can be yourself, you know, you feel like you're stronger, yeah. I would I would imagine. And even to go further from what Selena said, too, is that a lot of times they don't want it to be real. And once you say it out loud, then it becomes an actual thing. So in After Dark today, we are going to talk a little more about this, about how about why uh, deaths like this affect us so much you know like alan rickman why that why that affected us not just not just because we didn't see it coming but why the death bothered us so we're going to be talking about that um in after dark today mm-hmm. in some other news uh shifting i'm excited about lot. this one really i do not understand any of the words Selena, totally <laughs> out of American politics. This is this is what I've been looking forward to. Not that the death stuff isn't fun, but just all the random American <laughs> politics that I'm like looking in from the outside and I'm like, what is happening? So expect lots of dumb questions. What it's- is happening? I think that is a great question. <laughs> it's like a circus. Um, so the Iowa caucus is coming up on February 1st, which means we're seeing the last of the debates. Um, for those of you who watched the Fox Business debate, the GOP debate the other night, you will have noticed that the front runners are Donald Trump and Ted Cruz. <laughs> what is this world? I don't understand how this happened. Well, I- I'm going to break some news. And I think I bet I bet foreigners like Selena can see this from from being outside of the country. And I think I've said this before, but I'm sure you guys can see it. (laughs) This is going to be a running theme throughout this year. People like Trump and Cruz have shed a light on how many genuinely stupid people there there are in America. When when to think that there are people who genuinely are interested in Trump and have been. have been screwed up in the head so much by Fox News and Facebook memes and other commentary horseshit they read on the internet. It's, it's, it's really scary. And it's fascinating that Trump and, like you said, Cruz are now the front runners on the GOP mm-hmm. side. I mean, I can I, can I say, so as a, as a foreigner, oh my gosh, I'm going <laughs> to promise that that's not going to be my tagline. No, um, I love it. But- no, embrace <laughs> it. I- and not again to stick up for for stupid people because there are stupid people all over the world but i do think looking at this from such an outside limited point of view as i am following this uh american politics stuff that's going on right now these are the names that i remember because these are the names that come up in the news a lot these are the names that stand out to me it's like for the democrats when bernie sanders started getting popular we were all like who the hell is that because everyone was just talking about hillary clinton because we have such a a limited view of it so i feel like maybe in america as well these people that aren't following the debates and that aren't doing all this stuff like they hear these names trump ooh, he's radical and 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 different and and 
provocative and Cruz, ooh, he's also, but a little bit less than Trump. So maybe he's better. You know, this is the kind of stuff that you hear and, and, and it, yeah, I'm sticking up for stupid no, Americans, right. but I, you know, I, I mean. No, you make a good point. A lot of people would argue that Trump has benefited a lot from the amount of media attention he's received here in America. Mm-hmm. But people also really like what he stands for and the, the, the nonsense that comes out of his mouth. Like genuine nonsense comes out of his mouth. He's not saying anything. He's just repeating uh, the same things over and over again, but rearranging the words. If you listen to him talk, it's really awful. <laughs> right. Well, and all of this is making the Republican National Committee incredibly uncomfortable because they don't want him. <laughs> okay, so the caucuses are very close. February 1st, like Laura mentioned. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, can I ask, yeah. what is a caucus? It's a vote. <laughs> So the okay. people of Iowa on February 1st are going to go out and vote for who they want to be the GOP or the Democratic nominee. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. Do I have the right, Laura? Yes, you are correct. So okay. generally speaking, the people who do better, like in Iowa and New Hampshire, will tend to do better or have a bigger chance of becoming the party's candidate. However, that's not always necessarily what happens. And sometimes Iowa can be a big surprise. Um, I'll remind you guys of the 2004 or sorry, 2003 caucuses where John Kerry surprised everybody and won Iowa and everybody was like, what the fuck just happened? (laughs) So, I mean, it can definitely be a very exciting time. Also, we have to remember that Super Tuesday is coming up. That's right. Um, later in the spring, I think later in February, early March. And that's a day when dozens of states hold their uh, primaries. Mm-hmm. So oh, man. that'll right. be really when we get a good idea of who it's going to be. And, and, and Anderson and, and Wolf are going to have the biggest boners live on CNN. It's going to be great. Right. Something very scary happened earlier today, just before we started recording. Uh, we have learned that Sarah Palin is going, has endorsed Donald Trump. She is going to be appearing with him in Iowa today. This is uh, unfortunately kind of a big deal because Sarah Palin was obviously um, she 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 has really made a name for herself, even though she, too, is really, really dumb. Yeah, she's like the ringleader for idiot America. Yeah. (laughs) So, yeah, yeah, it's it's pretty scary. It, but I, I just didn't know she was that dumb. Like, it seems so bizarre. Like, anyone, like, okay, it's one thing for Trump to, like, shout to the masses and them going, like, yay, words. But for, like, individual <laughs> people to say what he's saying is good, I'm going to stand for it. It's just so weird. Yeah. Well, I wouldn't say that she is illiterate or stupid. I think there's just, oh, she is not, there's definitely close. the kind, there are not the kind, there are people who are just not made to have this kind of status. Mm, I said individual, not illiterate. Yeah, as an individual. She just doesn't know exactly how to say. Like, there are, there are people who have elected positions in politics, and then there are politicians. So here's the thing. When Sarah Palin was running alongside John McCain, it became clear to the McCain campaign that she had zero like knowledge of the world outside of the United States. She didn't know why we were in a war in Iraq. Mm-hmm. She did mm-hmm. not know. So right. she's I don't even think she's fit to be like any form of politician. She's not fit to. But then even, her then his committee will fill her in on what her position is and what she should say about the war. So, yeah, but she still gets it wrong. Like, I mean, it's she was like a, she, a big mound of clay for them to right. mold into somebody. Yeah. And she failed, which 
goes to show she's a perfect spokesperson for the Trump campaign. <laughs> right. I miss so, but, those days. I miss when uh, Sarah Palin was the craziest Republican. Well, you'll get to see her be crazy again when uh, whenever they get together later today and and uh, make the announcement. It should be fun to watch. I mean, who knows? Maybe Trump will select her as his VP. You know, he's probably going to win Iowa. Doubtful. Do, do I mean, think- he'll, he'll win Iowa, but yeah. he won't select her as VP. Okay, we'll <laughs> I, see. I can't wait for Trump to win Iowa. So um, before we move along, one last thing. Last episode, we played a new game on the season two premiere called who 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 guess who's drinking and yeah we did let me first run through the poll results we held a poll on twitter and in the facebook group which is facebook.com slash groups slash millennial show the uh our listeners believed with 62 votes the majority that laura was the one drinking last week i received 19 votes matt received 14 elisa received 13 and now the winner, or the the truth, it was me, Andy. Yeah, what? suck on that, bitches. <laughs> <laughs> and yet, Laura got a large majority of the votes. Laura, why do you think everybody thought you were drunk last week? I, I do not know. I think I must have earned a reputation during the live show for the season finale. Yeah, you <laughs> were. That I can think of. I was. You were the I drunkest person on the finale. Did you see Elisa? She's pretty fucking drunk too. Let's be yeah, honest. Yeah, but that's another thing too, though, is that you you can hide it pretty good. Elisa can't. Well, I had a glass of whiskey right be- right before we started drinking or recording. I had my first <laughs> sip, and by the end of the episode, and I think you can really hear it in the installment last week's installment of After Dark. Like I was like. <laughs> <laughs> I was feeling good during that. <laughs> so I was surprised that people didn't catch it, but maybe I just always sound like I'm drinking. Or maybe yeah, I hide maybe. it well. I don't know. Yeah, I think you were I think you were very subdued. I and I think people don't associate that with drunkenness. Well, I'm glad we fooled everybody for the first installment. Nobody <laughs> is doing it this week. We'll do that every once in a while. Yeah. I didn't even want to be the one to do it last week, but it was supposed to be Laura. And then she was like, oh, I'm taking medicine. I can't drink. I was like, fine, I'll do it. Yeah. Maybe maybe they picked up on the fact that it was supposed to be me. Yeah, maybe there's a mole in the show or something that's telling the audience (laughs) who's going to get drunk. Okay. Well, a quick reminder about our Patreon. Last week, we announced a couple of really awesome changes. And something we didn't touch on, which I want to mention now, is that we are working towards revamping After Dark. We are going to be doing hour-long After Darks once we hit a certain milestone. If you go to millennialshow.com and click on the Patreon post on the homepage, it's titled New Year's New Year, New Goals, you can see what our new plan is. And um, once we before once we get to the hour-long After Darks, we will be essentially having two episodes of Millennial a week mm-hmm. which is really cool we know that people loved after dark so we wanted to do more of it so that has become one of our milestone goals on the patreon and by the way you can pledge now two dollars a month when you do that you will now have access to one episode of after dark per month previously no episodes of after dark or hashing it out now you get one episode of after dark and one episode of hashing it out per month and that's at the two dollar level so we encourage everybody to check out our new plans because we think you'll really like them. We 
built them around the feedback we received. So thank you for your support. And by the way, once we hit another goal, which is actually before the hour-long After Dark goal, we are going to be creating an entirely new podcast every month. Oh, my God. Yes, you heard that right, Selena. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> I can't believe it. I know. I know. <laughs> I had this. I'll confess something. I'll confess this. I I don't really dabble in marijuana very often, but uh, I had happened to have access to an edible, <laughs> and I decided to enjoy it. It was a it was a um, marijuana uh, uh, espresso bean, chocolate covered. It was oh deli- yeah, it was delicious. Oh, I remember when you did that. Yeah, so I I got a little high. <laughs> I was like, "What can we do on the Patriot?" And then I had this idea. So what we're going to do. Because once we hit this certain milestone goal, at once a month, we're going to create a new podcast. Like, for example, one month, it could be Pizza Cast, where for an entire oh hour, we're going to do a podcast dedicated to pizza or or Disney or Twitter or buttholes, whatever. And we'll, <laughs> we'll call it. We'll come up with a name for it. Butthole Cast. We'll have butthole segments. <laughs> it's going to be fantastic. So. <laughs> so, yeah, it's almost like a hype special. Yeah, exactly. Oh, exactly. No. Wow, way to work in hey, your own podcast. Yeah, wow. nice. Plug. Way to like rip that. us off. Can you please stop that? Are you gonna call? Are you gonna call it high millennials? High millennials. Mm-hmm. Um, if we get high during it, sure. Why not? <laughs> anyway. Oh, I thought that was the point. I thought you were gonna get high every week and talk oh. about. Okay, I missed the point. <laughs> oh, that's <laughs> oh, that's not a bad idea. It's not a bad idea either. <laughs> All right, working that in. <laughs> Guess who's high? The new game on Millennial. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So we have a couple of pieces of uh, listener feedback here. Laura, do you want to take the first one? Sure. The first one comes from Danielle. She's a third year med student. And she wrote in in regards to our discussion on circumcision last week. And she says, there is indeed evidence that cut men get less infections than uncut men. Of course, this becomes insignificant with good hygiene practices from birth, but the evidence is from a population standpoint. Second, there was one terrifying physician who cut women's clitoral hoods to improve their problems with orgasm. The result was permanent painful overstimulation. Oh, gosh. I think that's in response to one of the the examples that Elisa and I brought up last week. Like, what if we did this to women? Like, people would be horrified. So Mm -hmm. what Danielle is saying is actually that has happened. And finally, she says, there are plenty of examples where people desire procedures to cut off or modify parts for reasons that are not medically necessary, like ear piercing, tattoos, breast implants, pelvic organ prolapse repair. Um, I wasn't expecting that one. Um, I, <laughs> what, what is I, that? What I, is that? I, I don't know. I think what makes circumcision unique is that most are done when the male is an infant and therefore has no autonomy in the process. When I observed circumcisions, it was always the father who made the decision. So I agree with the statement that a dad wants his son to look like him. Personally, I cannot fathom the special relationship a male has to his own penis, but I can't imagine that getting a circumcision as an adult would be as identity altering as a nose job. Hence, I can respect that fathers want their sons circumcised in infancy. All right. Hmm. Good oh, points. Okay. Yeah, yeah good these points. are all valid points. <laughs> um, Thank you, Danielle. I'm afraid to Google pelvic organ <laughs> prolapse repair, but <laughs> yeah, just don't. Just don't. Google image search. <laughs> One more oh. piece of feedback here. This is from Alicia. Hey, guys, I'm loving the new format and the intros. I was a little disappointed that you didn't mention Natalie Cole, who was only 65 when she died on December 31st. 
I also mourned for Bowie. But Natalie Cole, she was a great familial. Did she mean familiar? No, familial. 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 Hmm. Okay. Um, Familial continuation of her father, Nat King Cole's career and was amazingly fucking talented in her own right. That's yeah, totally we true. Yeah, we, we did not talk, talk about, about her. But yeah, because we were all too busy partying on New Year's Eve. I was very sad about uh, Natalie. What's Natalie your favorite Cole's Natalie song? Cole song? Do you have well, one? Well, I mean, of course, like this <laughs> will be like... an everlasting love. <laughs> like that's the most famous song, at least in my opinion. Um, she sings um, uh, Unforgettable. Uh, Is this will be her? This will this be, will be... Unforgettable. And never yeah. last in the... This song? Yeah. Oh. Oh, okay. Now I know her. Now I'm sad. It wasn't that in that <laughs> movie oh, fuck you. with um, Lindsay Lohan as the twins. Didn't that like play yeah, out yeah, that movie? Because I used to watch that's, that a lot. It's funny that you say that because um, in the movie, uh, it opens with uh, Nat King Cole's uh, song Love. And then it ends with his daughter Natalie Cole singing This Will Be an Everlasting Love. I did hmm. not know that. Hmm. But yeah, she was uh, she was she was very she was very very popular, and she'll be very missed. I'm looking up the word familial, and you guys are right; it is a word. I was, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I was trying to find Google. I was hoping to get a Google pronunciation. Sometimes they give you a pronunciation, but they didn't, unfortunately. All right. I'm so sorry, Selena. It's, mm-hmm. it's your time to shine. Oh, don't you want to ask us who we're sad about dying? Because I have oh. like. Such oh. a great answer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So who who's the one person who each of us is absolutely dreading dying? Like, besides family and friends, like a, a, a celebrity or something. Who's yours, Selena? Well, I was going to say, because I think, I, I figure everyone would say J.K. Rowling. Like, when that day comes, if that day ever comes, mm-hmm. it would be like the worst day in the history of time. But then I thought, because everyone else was probably going to say that, I actually wrote down Meryl Streep. <laughs> oh, that's that a very be- good one. That will be a hard, hard day, I think. Yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, actually, for me, it probably, well, J.K. Rowling would probably be up there, but I was yeah. just going to say my, my husband, Bruce Springsteen, it sucks. Yeah, I figured you would say that. Although I did say besides family and friends, so I don't know if it counts. <laughs> yeah, that's sad. Um, I will say, uh, let's see, aside from the obvious ones, uh, I'll probably say uh, John Williams, the film composer, because mm-hmm. he's, he's getting up into his mid-80s. and. Yeah. Oh, I just love his music so much. Yeah. I don't really think about this all that much. I'm not, I guess I'm not as morbid as you guys, but, um, I would have to say for me, it would also have to be Bruce Springsteen because I have to work, I have to work with Andrew. And, I would be on suicide watch. Yeah. yeah like bas- basically guys just to know, like when Bruce Springsteen goes, millennials over because Andrew will throw himself out of window. I am over. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Mm-hmm. You know, I was actually thinking about uh, Alan Rickman's death got me thinking about J.K. Rowling because we saw that how the Harry Potter community reacted. And yeah. Selena's right. I mean, the the Harry Potter fandom will, will right. would just lose destroy them. us. Yeah. Yeah. But I was thinking, uh, you know, of course, this is a morbid thought. But if if when what well, when she dies, you know, hopefully like 50 years from now, we should just burn down Hogwarts. At Universal. <laughs> oh my god! What? No, we should just all do like that. That, that escalated with... incredibly like quickly. The opposite of what she would want. What happened <laughs> to the well-organized mind? Death is but well, the next great adventure. <laughs> Fire! <laughs> I forget. Because I was thinking, at at, at Universal, <laughs> at Hogwarts, when Alan 
when Alan Rickman died, everybody put their wands up to the castle like it was this really nice tribute. And I'm thinking, well, how do you top that? And when Joe dies, just burn it all down. The magic yeah. is like, yeah. go home. <laughs> I don't even, how did, okay. Because how do you top the tribute to Alan Rickman at the castle? You got to do something better because it was J.K. Rowling. Right. It's always a competition, you know. It's always a competition. No, it's not a competition. <laughs> I'm just saying we have to do something big. I'm going to I'm going to add one more. Purpose. Actually, I'm going to add one more that's going to be sad. And you guys are you guys I think are cheating because these guys are not going to die anytime soon. Ever. I was going to You said that about like, Alan Rickman. Yeah, fuck. Okay, I retract it. Um Yeah, Matt, don't jinx it. Jesus. All right. Bye. Well, who, who who are you thinking? Um Betty White. Betty White. Still, you, yeah, wait, that I would bother Jack you? Smith. Yeah, I mean, I, it would be sad. There's been so many death rumors about her already that I'm like conditioned to it. Like, if she died, I'd be like, well, well yeah. I mean, she's in her she's in her early mid 90s, but yeah. No, you're right. That would be a sad one. Yep. <laughs> All right, so now it is time for the guest game, Laura. You you dream this up, so won't you? lead it yeah so (laughs) andrew doesn't want to ask these questions i don't so when we found out that selena was going to be on the show the other day i was trying to think of a way that we and the listeners at home could get to know her a little bit more so the way we're going to do this is by playing this aptly named the guest game by Uh taking previous jokes and things that have happened on the show and asking you about them Okay. Does that makes sense. So is it like to suss out how much I, I know about the show or is it just? Uh, no, absolutely not. We pick <laughs> things, <laughs> we pick things that are actually going to tell us more about you. They're just related mm-hmm. to the show. So we're just going to jump right in. Okay. First okay, question. I'm ready. Cut or uncut? Dicks. Well, I, wait, Circumcised. Okay, yeah. I thought you said with no context. Being, being European, I would have to go for uncut, obviously. Yeah. Okay. All right. See, we knew we knew that was a European thing. It is. Um, I didn't come up with this question, Andrew. Uh, what happened? <laughs> what happened to Smart Mouse? F- fuck if I know. I um, <laughs> great guys, answer. Okay, hold on. You guys all got into a, a huge fight, and yep. Andrew burnt down some important <laughs> structure in your life, and uh, you separated for what you thought would be forever. Yeah, I burned down Laura's yeah. house. That was right. Yeah, it's been difficult. It has been um, hard. Who the hell is Fred? Okay, so when I saw this question first, I was all going to be like, oh, Fred Weasley, ha, ha, ha. But then I remember that it was actually a joke that you guys did about some dude called Fred, and I believe it was like Micah's best friend or something. I don't know. Um, I don't yeah, no, that's actually, a, that's, that's a, completely true. Yeah, that's Micah's that's best actually friend. pretty close. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Someone be like scammed or something. I don't remember. <laughs> <laughs> No, that's that's accurate. Um, what's your favorite fast food chain? Uh, I don't eat fast food. Jesus. You don't? Um, so you're I actually don't. Yeah. <laughs> um, we have actually we do have something here called Sunset, which is really nice. Um, I, I have it's like it's just basically like sandwiches and stuff, but they're made with like really nice bread and um, they do like gourmet burgers and stuff. Uh, it's like the closest thing I I do to fast food. I I go to McDonald's like once a year at most. Mm-hmm. Okay. That makes you I, very different from most Americans. Yeah, <laughs> I don't get the whole fast food thing. I don't know. I get tired of eating the same thing. Um, very fair. Okay. 
Aren't you guys learning so much about me? No, we are. I feel like I am. (laughs) And I I think this next question is going to tell us a lot about you. What's the first thing that comes to mind when you hear Donald Trump? (laughs) God. Um, I'm trying to say something that's not going to be offensive. Um, You can be offensive. Just idiocy and um, just pitchforks and, and angry mobs and stupidity. Mm -hmm. it's like that scene from beauty and the beast you know yes yes you're right exactly the beast will make off with your children (laughs) oh man gaston is donald trump except much hotter (laughs) um and finally what does the following quote mean to you and the quote is 25 degrees last night at grassley farm picture our colors of the first killing frost normal killing um <laughs> what do you interpret um i feel like that's some kind of really weird like george orwell reference <laughs> someone trying to quote animal farm and failing spectacularly um th- actually that's not i don't i don't think that's a bad answer okay <laughs> yeah so we're obsessed with uh somebody what is he a uh uh uh, he's a senator. Oh, he's a, se- Chuck, yeah, he's a Chuck senator. Chuck Grassley. Yeah. Yeah, we're kind of obsessed with him. He's he's an old dude, and he's kind of really bad at Twitter. But you can tell it's obviously him who uses Twitter, who who writes his own tweets, and they're like really nonsensical. It's pretty great. Was he the guy with Fred? Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh, wow! It don't make sense. Yeah. <laughs> but I I liked your story better about it being okay. my best friend <laughs> who we had scammed. I think that's wonderful. <laughs> Uh, that's great. <laughs> well, awesome. I feel like I know so much more about you now, Selena. Thank you for indulging me. Mm-hmm. Of course. And getting into a couple of um, news items now, Laura sourced this first story on a website called US Uncut, which is, <laughs> which is a, what's that called one now? A, uh, you know, like a word that contradicts itself. What's the word I'm looking um, for? An oxymoron. An oxymoron. Thank you. So, Laura, tell us about this story from U.S. Uncut. (laughs) Yeah. So, (laughs) the first thing, and it's actually another story from U.S. Uncut, that we're going to talk about is the water crisis in Flint, Michigan. I'm sure you guys have heard about this. Laura, I have never heard of this site before. Why are you making us look at U.S. Uncut (laughs) right after asking a question about cut or uncut? (laughs) So, it's not my preferred source, but what I really like about these articles is that they showcase all of the photos that people in Flint, Michigan are putting up of Ah. their lead-infused water Mm. that they have. Um, The problem here is that this has been going on for quite some time now, and their elected officials have been trying to convince them through marketing and other ploys that the water is not only safe to bathe in, but that that it's also safe to drink. Um, one of the members of our Facebook group who actually lives outside of the Flint area put up a poster that was up that showed babies sitting in bathwater. And it was like, it's safe to wash your kids in. But then this like little bubble at the very bottom was like, but don't drink it. <laughs> so it's just a really, really horrific um, scenario going on um, where you have people literally bottling up this water and going into City Hall. It's bright fucking orange and being like, dude, you're telling me I can drink this. Yeah. Yeah, it's, and it's not like just full of iron or something. No, it's actually got lead. It's yeah, like toxic. actual lead. Yeah, yeah. The EPA has classified it as toxic waste, 
And and we oh, know, wow. I mean, you, you've heard it growing up as a kid, that lead is dangerous. It's why you don't eat yeah. pencils. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, and the thing is, the, the governor of Michigan, Rick Snyder, he hasn't done anything about this. He's just now today been saying, we're going to take some action on this. And it's like, well, about two weeks too late there, sir. Oh, yeah. Um, if this guy I mean, doesn't get in serious trouble for this, then that is an outrage. Yeah, it's just it's absolutely unreal. Yeah, he so, yeah the the governor refused also the the repeal of uh, of stepping down. Mm-hmm. I, I just don't understand. Like everybody is saying it. Like it was a it was a topic on the recent uh, Democratic election, and even right. Obama uh, is uh, declared it a state of emergency and is like people are not okay with this guy, and he and he basically is saying that I'm not going to step down because I don't want to walk away from this. Mm, but yeah. you're the one who'd made it happen. We right, actually, exactly. Yeah, uh, we got something from one of our uh, uh, AP supporters on Patreon. She said, I am a very big supporter of Bernie, but Hillary taking on this issue unaddressed and unprovoked during her final statements in the debate is making me seriously look at her again. Not that I wasn't before, but Bernie had won my heart. She's now back in contention for me. Not that this needs to be said, just saying my bit on a story that hits close to home. I am so glad that something of this magnitude is actually making it into a debate without it being asked about. I have to say, I actually really like that she mentioned this, too. I mean, it could have been she was probably playing politics when she mentioned this, because obviously um, it'll be good to win over people in Michigan. But um, I, I think it was important that she did mention this because it makes you think, oh, she is going to care about smaller towns. Well, and I think Are also there? because she had already been to Flint. Are there any parts Gabby. of the the US where you can't drink the water, like where you have to buy bottled water? No, I don't um, not I that don't I'm think so. aware no. of. Okay, because like a lot of places here in Europe, like you can't you just can't drink tap yeah, water. Yeah, that's like, actually one of it. the biggest selling points that a lot of um people who aren't uh from the United States say that the United States has amazingly well is the the fact that most of all of our tap water is drinkable mm. and i think also it's not a very it's, it's not a very common it's not very common knowledge in the country that people know that this this is actually a really first world kind of i mean uh, to be honest to this is still horrible i mean we we can drink the tap water here i mean it's not like you know i i totally understand that having this kind of water come out of your taps must be absolutely awful but it is it is possible to survive on on just yeah. bottled water. Mm-hmm. But I think I think the difference might be though in the parts of Europe that you're referencing, you can probably still bathe in the water and like use it to wash yeah. your hands. Mm-hmm. Th- this water is completely unusable. It's a hazard yeah. to actually have mm-hmm. around. And it's poisoning it's cor- like it's corrosive. plants and everything, yeah. Exactly. Exactly. And um and being part of being an American frankly is having access free water to, well no i mean it, it is a it is a luxury of being an american you you think about well i i am lucky to be able to live in a country where uh, i can turn on the tap water and know it's going to be safe to drink or do whatever i want with that that is something yeah. we've come to expect being an american and so these people in flint have every reason to be outraged that this has been going on to save some money Absolutely. Well, and something that a lot of people have appropriately brought up, too, is that the population of Flint is largely poor and black. Right. This would not be ha- if if right. an American, yeah. if like a white suburb had yep. this problem, it'd be fixed in 24 hours. Right. Less. That's what H-Dog said. 
Can you imagine if this was happening in L.A.? No. Hell no. Or, or any, I really, I, it's just so stupid. I, I, mm-hmm. uh, even that argument is kind of like, it, it shouldn't be, even have to be considered, you know? Right. But unfortunately, yeah. it's, it's the reality. It's, yeah. And because things can't get bad enough in Michigan, Detroit's teachers are actually taking pictures of their toxic public schools, pictures of mushrooms, black mold, fecal matter, dead rodents, no heat, buckled floors. And they were actually inspired by the people of Flint who were putting up all their pictures on social media. If you look at this article, it's absolutely horrific. You literally see a bunch of mushrooms growing out of a wall oh, that was in a school. Yeah, it's it's absolutely filthy. And again, you're talking about a population that is mostly poor and black. Well, hope H dog becomes president. Doesn't let this mm. shit stand. Where's Obama <laughs> on this? He's working. I'm glad on it's it. such a he big is. issue, though. Yeah, like it's getting a lot of news coverage, which at least is good. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Thank and, you, social media. <laughs> yeah, it's also great. Yeah, social media is really to be thanked for all this because the media was not putting it out as much as people were talking about it online. It became oh, yeah. a bigger issue mainly from social media. By the way, I would like to call out Senator Marco Rubio. Um, I think he needs to be shamed in addition to Governor Rock, uh, Rick Snyder. Um, because when he was asked about the water issue in Flint, he said, that's not an issue that right now we've been focused on. And for me to give you a deeply detailed answer on that, on, on what the right uh, approach should be on it, other than to tell you in general, I believe that the federal government's role in some of these things is largely limited unless it involves a federal jurisdictional issue. So basically, he's pulling a weak-ass states' rights argument in order to defend why children are drinking poison water in Flint. Yeah. Fuck you, Senator Rubio. <laughs> he probably he just didn't have an answer prepared from his people. Clearly. All right. Well, that's all that we have for news for today. And before we move into wait, but why in a little bit, we are going to provide you with a little bit of knowledge, something that you may not have known about. So we'll be back right after this. This past Monday, many of you in the U.S. celebrated Martin Luther King Day. And by celebrate, we mean you weren't aware until you opened up Google and saw the banner. But nevertheless, you silently toasted the historic civil rights leaders you once again fucked off in your pajamas and binge-watched friends. But there's another holiday recognized on and around Martin Luther King Day in Florida, and those surrounding states you have to go through to get to Florida, like Alabama, Mississippi, Arkansas, Tennessee. Still remarkably butthurt about a war they lost well over a century ago, these states celebrate Robert E. Lee Day, marking the birthday of the Confederate Civil War general who defended the institution of slavery and owned slaves himself. In fact, Alabama, Arkansas, and Mississippi even recognize Martin Luther King Day and Robert E. Lee Day as a joint holiday, demonstrating that same uncomfortable, institutionalized racism you brace yourself for every time you sit down at Grandma's dinner table. But there are ignorant hicks everywhere in this country, meaning that Martin Luther King Day has been fought by a number of states since it was signed into law in 1983. The Commonwealth of Virginia recognized Lee Jackson King Day, that's right, as in Stonewall Jackson, until 2000, when they realized not too many Virginians cherished the opportunity to celebrate two sets of ideologies that completely contradicted one another. 
Utah was the last state to establish a holiday in Dr. King's honor in 2000, and a number of other states recognized variants of the holiday, which ostentatiously fail to include any mention of Dr. King's name. In the end, this just serves to give Cletus and his wild herd of rednecks the chance to plant their never-ending collection of Confederate flags around City Hall and shout the age-old bullshit excuse that it's heritage, not hate, before returning to using this National Day of Service to bitch about how affirmative action, Mexicans, and of course Obama are what's really keeping them from getting a job. And, by the way, Georgia... If you think we didn't notice that you've hidden your celebration of Robert E. Lee Day in November, think again, you peachy fucks. All right, and moving on, we are going to talk about this week's wait, but why topic. This topic was inspired by a question asked of one of our associate producers, Alyssa. Alyssa says, I was wondering if you all had any thoughts on the fact that animal abuse um, is a felony, but it only applies to certain animals. It does not, I assume, apply to animals in factory farms. I'm not a vegetarian or anything like that, but I do try to choose meat that is raised from better sources when I can. I find it interesting that the discrimination exists here, or the distinction exists here, excuse me. And I wonder, as your new segment asks, but why? Um, and I have to Wait, let me play the segment intro. Wait. I, I totally the call was broke segment intro. I'm it's sorry. okay. It's okay. I'm sorry. It's fine. Um, so sorry, I cut you off. Go ahead, Laura. No, I was just gonna say to Alyssa. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, I'm done for real. Fuck you. <laughs> yeah, right. Fuck you. Uh, it was so professional before that happened. Um, so in answer to Alyssa's question, I had to think about it for a minute. I feel like, um, in the United States and generally speaking in the West, we tend to privilege certain animals above others, which is why we're all okay with slaughtering cows every day, but we throw a collective societal shit fit when Michael Vick gets caught dogfighting for the umpteenth time. Mm -hmm. So the question is, why do we attach such special significance to the animals we choose to house indoors versus those that end up on the dinner table every night? And I think part of it, at least, seems to relate to science. Um, even though this is the subject of some debate, it is believed by evolutionary biologists that dog domestication occurred during the Ice Age, anywhere from 18,000 to 32,000 years ago. A professor from UCLA, who is also an evolutionary biologist, hypothesized that ancient dogs and wolves scavenged off of the scraps left behind by nomadic hunters in Eurasia, and over time became part of the human hunting tradition, eventually making their way into our homes and later torturing us through required elementary school readings of Old Yeller and Where the Red Fern Grows. But Western ideas about animals deserve, uh, deserving protection um, based on what kind of animal they are run so deep that we've dedicated entire global campaigns and even TV shows to protest the, act of the practice of whaling. And yet, in the U.S., we house porky pig and lamb chop in conditions so deplorable you would think they were third world. So why did we decide the life of a dolphin was more valuable than the life of a cow? Is it simply a question of endangered species versus an animal that can be mass produced? Or is there a level of deeper association happening in which people of specific cultural backgrounds see themselves in certain species of animal and thus decry that animal's slaughter? After all, we don't exactly have a cat or dog shortage in the West, and yet we look at countries where cats and dogs are consumed and we consider them to be barbaric. 
So guys, so many thoughts on this. We and, care uh, more, right? We care more about certain animals than others. So we why? Do. We well, we care more about the domesticated animals because we tend to associate them with members of our family. First of all, and I think it becomes a direct assault on just our I guess our humanity in, in, in a sense when we hear about these kind of things with the domesticated animals that we grow up knowing and we hold uh, we hold these animals I'm going to say especially cats and dogs specifically specifically dogs because we consider dogs to be man's best friend and we tend to be very loyal to uh, the ones that are closest to us like family members and we do associate these domesticated animals as family so um, I also think that we we show we show dolphins uh, to be very highly intelligent to us. Um, they are the closest, uh, most intelligent animals next to human beings. I think next to to, to apes. But see, we don't <clears throat> raise dolphins to eat dolphins. In most cases, we raise dolphins, or dolphins just exist and they're out there. Or maybe we see them at SeaWorld, or we like seeing them on TV. For let's say cows. In a lot of cases, we're raising the cows or the pigs or the chickens specifically for the purpose of being slaughtered. Does that make it right that they're slaughtered? No, but no. that I think that is one reason why we accept getting back to the original question here from Alyssa that um, that the law doesn't apply to factory animals or factory farms. Well- I think it has a lot to do with, um, this idea of, of, of like kind of what Matt was saying too. If, if the, the people or the animals that we, that we give names, you know, that we associate with a, an intelligent, um, empathetic being. Like, I don't know. Was it Alice in Wonderland where like she's sitting down at one point and she's about to eat like something, like some piece of meat. And then the queen goes like, Oh, Alice meet this piece of meat. And then she like introduces them and then, she goes, oh, you can't eat it now because you know its name. And yeah, like, I feel like that has a lot to do. That's very common, with- too, with a lot of stories mm-hmm. uh, when when you name your pet before like, right. they get slaughtered. Like it, it is a very common like struggle in, in in fiction and stories that once you name it, like it, yeah. it, it, it it's, becomes it's a that person. More- it's an yeah. individual. And obviously, I mean, to be honest, we we feel this way, unfortunately, about objects and about other humans as well like the way we think about groups of people and groups of animals and it's all sort of what how much personality i mean it's awful but that's like the human sort of the way we right. work that's how but, i mean in terms of personal like you're saying exactly and 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 like the, in terms of animals like i've always found it really strange because i don't personally eat pork and that's as well mm-hmm. it, like because of the intelligence thing like i just know so much like about how like pigs are, I hate, I hate bringing this up because people always think I'm such a bummer, but like they're so intelligent and they're so like domesticatable, you know, and, and mm-hmm. I just, I find that really hard to comprehend. And then I don't eat a lot of meat and I only eat free range meat, but the idea of knowing that something has been slaughtered for me to eat, it's, I'm eventually going to be a vegetarian because it bothers me more and more the yeah. more I think about it, you know? Yeah. yeah. Just think about like if how how much harder it would be to possibly buy ground meat or steak at the store if yeah. on on the package it tells like you the name. This name was Pete. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you are about to eat Hannah's leg 
or yes, she had a wonderful life, and then we killed her. And like I could never. And there's a picture of the cow's face. (laughs) I mean, at least they're giving paying a little respect to the animal. It's better than nothing. Which is why free range is a lot better. I'm not saying paying more respect, but I'm saying we're going by the fact that once you know, like once it becomes more of an individual as opposed to a generic. I, I get um, your point. I'm I'm just trying to play devil's advocate. I mean, I oh. I actually think that would kind of be nice if if we at least knew that you know the, yeah. that that like tell me about Betsy. Face what kind of life food. did she live? <laughs> but what, would you really be color? would you really be able to eat Betsy at that point? That's my question. No. And <laughs> and I think I, and it makes me wonder too about the ways that we regard animals when they're living versus how we regard them when they're dead and on our plates. Sort of like how pigs become pork, cows mm-hmm. become beef. And chickens, I think, technically become poultry, but in at least in the States, we just call it chicken because apparently we don't give a fuck. But like, (laughs) I think that there I think there is sort of an attempt on our part culturally to try and distance ourselves so that when we're eating this thing, we're like slicing into this animal's dead flesh to put it in our mouth that we don't have to think about it. Yeah, we're dehumanizing it literally like the way we can. But what's interesting is that we eat rabbit. Like, I've never been able to understand this because, like, we keep bunnies as pets, but then we eat them. Right. Exactly. Well, and think about the amount of people who keep baby chicks as pets. And then they eat chickens. Mm. Yeah. Like, there's somehow a difference. And it's like, we have such an affinity for baby animals. Then they grow up and then they we just kill them. And then we kill them. Hisses also asks another question, like, do we have to care about everything? freaking thing that breathes on the planet like if, if you cared for every single person who passed you on the street every day exactly it, and that's like we can't do exhausting. that yeah. we're just yeah. in, in, unable to do that so we limit our worldview to say okay well I care about this group of people who I have some relation to and also in media and society and that's like how humanity works right mm-hmm. Ooh, this is and deep, it, guys. it raises <laughs> another big question that I've always wanted to know from you guys like why is it okay to kill a cow but the second you have sex with it it's animal cruelty <laughs> <laughs> did you know uh, that actually in denmark until last year bestiality was not technically illegal isn't that awful oh isn't that just mm. completely just, like, un- playing the move there i mean did they did they have know. to do it because they were having a problem <laughs> no no i mean it was just like it, it, this news story came out last year that oh by the way they never made it illegal and everyone was like what the fuck and they just realized that it like should probably do that mm-hmm. yeah i think it's illegal now yep but I mean, I feel like I feel like the point is, <laughs> though, like, especially being Westerners, we have certain animals that we privilege over others and we really value those animals. And then we look at other cultures that don't value the same ones as us and that may perhaps kill the animals that we value. Oh, my God. And, I and like hold up it. other animals as sacred. And we think they're weird. And they're probably looking at us and thinking we're once, weird. Um. Sorry to inter- totally interrupt no, you. No, go for it. Uh, I, I had a Chinese roommate once um, in in a, in Britain, and then I come into the kitchen one day, and she's like cooking something, and it's not, it doesn't smell very good. And I'm <sighs> like, oh, this is a horrible story. And 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 I and I go, oh, what what what's what are you making? And she goes like, it's duck. And I go, did you say duck? And she goes, no, no, it's dog. <laughs> and oh. it was dog. Oh. And like I don't know how she got the dog. But like it was oh, awful, and I was so shocked. And she was like, "Oh, will will you taste my food?" And I was like, Wait, "No, I'm not going to you, taste your food." Do you think? And I just 
Do you think mm-hmm. she brought the dog in and then killed no, her? No, no, no. Was, um, no. She, she probably like, went to the market. Yeah, there's like a big community of, of, of um, I think, Asian students in general and, and a community of, because we, we, we get a lot of Asian students. Um, and I'm not saying like, it's like, like, oh, Asians, but it was just her particular, like, she, like, she wanted to eat dog and that's like totally normal thing for them. But yeah. for me, it was like so shocking. Yeah. And that like made me think, like, why is it so shocking? I eat all these other animals you know it's just Mm -hmm. such a strange strange thing right Mm -hmm. i think but we also associate like when i because right now if i think about like eating dog or cats like i think of like eating my eating my dog that i had when i was a kid Mm -hmm. or something it just has that kind of personal reference that you immediately go to Mm -hmm. i've kind of always thought my dog's leg looks tasty (laughs) (laughs) your dog is like your dog is like 10 pounds we can 20. always count on you to make it weird <laughs> when it's right. not weird enough already. Well, thank you, Alyssa, for that was a that was a very interesting topic, and mm-hmm. I'm sure Elisa would have had a lot to say about that too if she were here. She's uh, never coming back. <laughs> she did. She yep. I was just gonna get really She's dark, not. but I decided not to. <laughs> we, we took her. We took her to a farm upstate. She's living there. She's very happy. No, no. Yeah, she's... well, I'm the new Elisa, so I ate her. <laughs> there you go. Sunrise. Move on now. <laughs> Episode title, New Elisa. <laughs> All right, so before we wrap up the show today, time to make a couple of recommendations. Laura, you launched something very exciting this past week. Yes, we just launched the Millennial Book Club. Um, it's on Goodreads, but you can also find a link for it in the Facebook group, and we'll also put one in the show notes. Um, but basically, our goal is to read a new book every month. We're going to start for the month of February, and right now, people are voting on which book we're going to read. Um, currently, the leading book is The Devil in the White City. Um, and I know Matt is secretly hoping that that's the one that wins I'm because secretly- he already has a copy. <laughs> I haven't read no, but I, I'm just I'm just really excited for this in general. I think it's mm-hmm. going to be a really great addition to the uh, to the podcast and just to every just the, the community for the show. Yeah, and anybody can join. It's totally open to anybody, whether you're a listener or not. I don't know why you would join if you weren't a listener, but you know it's your prerogative. Um, and yeah, we're gonna let you guys help us pick a book every month, and we're gonna have a Google Hangout at the end of every month so we can discuss the book. So yeah, join up. Awesome! It's gonna be fun. I have to recommend a movie I watched on Netflix the other day. I, I'm a, I, I've kind of have admitted this before. I'm, I'm drawn to the gay and lesbian genre for, <laughs> for obvious reasons. <laughs> Why? I, for I, really I like, gay reasons. I like gay books. I like, I like the occasional gay movie as well. And I, <laughs> you like gay butts? I watched and this you gay lie. movie the other day. It's called The Way He Looks. And it's so adorable. It's about, oh, I this heard about this gay blind kid. And the, uh, the, the, I won't say any more than that, but it, it really, it keeps, um, the, the, the payoff takes a while. Uh, but you do get the payoff. And it was just really adorable. I, there's a lot of shit gay movies and shit gay books. Um, but I decided to watch this one on Netflix because it has a five star viewer review so if you know if you see something with five stars chances are it's gonna be really good so the way he looks it's called it it's so adorable highly recommend it okay well i think that's all 
Selena, thank yep. you so much for coming on yeah, to the show I'm today. I'm so happy to have the chance to be on. It was very fun. I know you think you're about to be free, but you're not because we're about to record After Dark. And during wow. today's installment of After Dark, we're going to be talking about the hashtag Oscar So White controversy. The hashtag so is not silent there. I'm sure as a bunch of white people, we're going to have some very interesting perspectives on this. <laughs> yes, yes. While I'm going to do my best not white person impersonation. Oh, no. Oh, my God. I'm not no. wise. I'm just going to think like somebody who's not, not the majority. This is oh. not going to end well. This okay. is, yeah, it's already over, guys. All right. And we're also, like we said earlier in the show, going to talk a little, more, a little bit more about the death of uh, people like Alan Rickman. Why does that affect us so much? So... Thank you, everybody, so much for listening. Um, normally, it's Elisa's job to come up with the closing song. Oh, yeah. Fuck. I just remembered it. I don't think Alan Rickman was a singer, so we can't play any songs that do, he did. Um, do Somewhere Over the Rainbow? Like the... Um, we already did that. How about... Did we fuck? How but about... Not, not the, the how about, first one. The, wait, uh, the Hawaiian-inspired no, I, one. I, I think in tribute to us not mentioning Natalie Cole, we should play her song. Okay. That's a that's good a, idea. That's a good idea. Yeah, that's I, nice. If Matt Sorry, didn't come Natalie up with that, Cole. I was going to say, let's play Alan Rickman's song, Pretty Woman, in Sweeney Todd. <laughs> 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 it's, it's so good, good. <laughs> mm. okay so uh thanks everybody for listening i'm andrew i'm laura i'm matt and i'm selena thank you again. i almost said i'm elisa <laughs> <laughs> should have pretended to be here we'll see everybody <laughs> next week for season two episode three goodbye bye, bye. see ya bye.